All right. Welcome, everyone, to the Trail Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Stoner. And in today's episode, I'm stepping out of my comfort zone to talk about something I know nothing about, but it's something that I'm interested in learning a little bit more about. It's vegan athlete, the process, the nutrition behind it, you know, what it what what it means to be a vegan athlete altogether. And to do so, I brought in a very special guest. She is the co-founder of the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. She's a vegan lifestyle coach, four-time Ironman finisher, two-time ultra finisher, a speaker, educator, writer, massage therapist. Oh my God, the list goes on and on. I, I just want to get right into it with her. I'm, I'm excited to have her on. Please welcome my next guest, Jess Gumkowski. Well, help me turn the turn in. Thanks so much, Jeff. I'm totally fired up to be here. No problem. I'm now after I read that, I'm like, God, I'm, I'm, we're already in 40 minutes into the conversation. I feel like uh, just there was such a long list of your resume that it was like, it's so impressive. So I'm, I'm and I'm always excited to talk to people that have that bigger resume because there's so much that you can kind of dive into. So I'm, I'm excited to be talking about the vegan athlete side of things, because like I said, I, and I'm serious, like I, I'm very out of it when it comes to vegan nutrition and being a vegan athlete. So I'm, I'm excited to learn a lot more about it. You know, and I've had, I've had coaches or I have coaches that are vegan. I've had friends that are vegans, but I don't, it's kind of like religion in a sense. They don't really ever push it onto people in a sense, you know, they've always, Hey, I'm vegan. And that's kind of, what it is. And we, we accommodate, you know, at parties or situations where it's like, okay, we've got a vegan option here for you, or you bring your own stuff. So, I, but again, it's always something I kind of want to learn. And that's, as we talked about, being having a podcast and having the opportunity to to learn more about all this stuff. So I kind of want to just get right into the conversation. And you've you've been an athlete for for years now and triathlons and and ultras, like I said. How long have you been a have you been a vegan? Yeah, so I've been an endurance athlete for 16 years. I've been practicing yoga since the early 1990s, and I've been vegan for the last decade. And I think it's important to say that I never thought I would be vegan. <laughs> so what was it? So 10 years. So what was it that made made the transition? Like, what was your thought process and and making that switch to being a vegan? Well, it was so interesting. Um, you know, I said I've been practicing yoga since the early 1990s, but very much like veganism, which I use that term loosely because that just feels like a box, like veganism. It feels like a yeah. religion. It feels and so, you know, I've got the English language to use here and it's quite <laughs> limited for the lack of a better word. I'll use veganism here and there for so many years yoga to me was the physical practice. It was like a good workout. I always liked the hard classes. You know, Shavasana was a waste of time, which is that last pose when you just lay on the mat. Like I was just really super type A. And, and for so long, I was like, save it on the meditation. Don't really care about the mindfulness, um, whatever. There's eight limbs to yoga. It's a science of a mind. Like 
I just want to get a strong core. Yep. And so around, I would say a couple years, yeah, it was about a couple years prior to me turning to a fully plant-based diet that I also expanded my yoga practice to become really a way of living. I realized that yoga is the science of the mind. It's not just the gymnastics on the mat. And one of the core things that it really asks you to do is just get curious. So I was curious about the words I was using. I was curious about how I was moving through the world um, and how that lined up with the world that I wanted to see, right? Like we all want peace in the world, but I was realizing that I was not contributing peace all the time and that I had an opportunity to clean up my act. And so (laughs) this curiosity thing turned into, I guess, really this mindfulness. I was just paying more attention to what I was doing. At the time I was vegetarian. Now this is something my whole life I I would be in high school, you know, I would be off meat, on meat, like through college. So losing meat was never an issue for me because as a child, I remember like looking at it on my plate, thinking this looks like what a dead person would look like. And that's what I was looking at is dead flesh, right? Dying flesh. We don't call it that. We call it, you know, prime rib and flank steak and all of that. Now that said, like I loved a good double bacon cheeseburger and all that stuff. So one night I was at a restaurant. The one thing that really held me back from being vegan where I would say, save it, I'm not interested, was cheese. I was a total cheese addict. Cheese in the morning, cheese at lunch, cheese as my snack, cheese for dinner. God, that sounds like me. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I was such a cheese addict. I just could not imagine a life without cheese. And one night I was in a restaurant. And I had been hearing, you know, Scott Jurek and and people who were, Brendan Brazier and people who were doing amazing things on a whole foods plant-based diet. So here I am, have this in my awareness. I've always been somebody who wants to reach the highest level of health. So I've got this in my awareness and now I'm doing this thing where I'm paying attention. And I'm at this restaurant, it's my favorite restaurant and I order a salad and I say, hold the goat cheese. And I have like this almost like panic attack and celebration at the same time because I know (laughs) something amazing is happening and I'm freaking out because how am I gonna eat the salad without cheese? I got the salad, brought the mindfulness in, got curious about it. Like, okay, well, I survived. The salad was delicious. I did it the next day for breakfast. I did it the next day for lunch. I did it the next day for dinner. I did it. And what happened was 10 days later, I woke up feeling like I had never felt before. And if you were to look at me, you would have said, she's super healthy. She's doing Ironman. She's, you know, doing yoga. She's meditating. Like she doesn't need to do anything else. And when I got, it took 10 days for that dairy to get out of my system. And all of a sudden I looked in the mirror. I looked totally different. I didn't have puffiness. My allergies were gone. I would wake up in the morning. I'd be like hawking loogies. You know, it was so (laughs) gross. I remember like when I first got married, my husband, I was like, hold on, just one more. (laughs) And um, all that stuff was gone. And I thought... I don't ever want to put something in my body that's going to weigh me down like that. Then I got more curious and I started to understand about the dairy industry because like many people who are vegetarian, I thought, well, I'm not doing anything. It's just dairy. It's milk. You know, that's what a mother cow does. But I didn't realize that nobody gets out of the dairy industry alive. And I didn't want to be a part of that. I, you know, I wanted to put peace into the world. And how could I do that if I was putting that into my body? So to answer your question, The first thing was performance and health. 
And then it became more about my connection and my role and the things that I'm taking part in and supporting. And I want nothing to do with an industry that um, is harming and, and hurting. I just don't. So that's what works for me. I'm not here to change anybody. I'm not preaching. I'm not saying you're bad because you're eating cheese. Mm-hmm. I've been there, man. I've so been there. I know how good it is. And I know how good it is on the other side. And that's just my story. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Like, um, you know, even, even with my diet, you cut out, you know, certain, certain things. It's kind of, like you said, 10 days, two weeks, whatever. It's usually, it's like what, 21 days or three weeks is really that habit point, right? Where once you, once you can get to that third week, it's, you've already, you've created a habit and now it's a little bit easier, I think. And that's a big thing for a lot of people, me, even myself, like just doing these, you know, diet challenges or whatever it is. It's like never want to do just a week, week long thing. Cause you're never going to break it out of that. So that's really cool that, that, uh, you kind of realized that just as, as quickly as you did, you yeah, know, and, and really, how to like change I'm, it. And one of those stories, like it was 10 days. And also I dropped, I'm not a big person. You can see me on this video. I'm not big. I'm like five, two, and I've never <laughs> been overweight, yeah. but I had 10 pounds of like, I don't know, mucus secretion in my body. And I never have regained that 10 pounds. It wasn't my goal to lose weight. I thought I was fine, but I had all this puffiness and this like just extra fluid in my body that, um, that has never come back. And I continue to feel the other thing that I felt was a sustained level of energy. So not that I had more energy because I've always been super energetic, but I had this like sustained level of energy where I wasn't crashing throughout the day. You've, you've seen it personally as far as how it affects your performance. And one of the big things and, and the, the topics of this, of this podcast is really what it means to be a vegan athlete. So can you kind of expand that a little bit and, and what, it, what it means as an overall concept? Yeah, well, the first thing I want to say is that to eat a vegan diet is just eating food. <laughs> like, it's just, just eating eat food. food. It just is. <laughs> and I believe that Mother Nature has provided a symphony of food for us. And it's like perfectly packaged. Like how perfect is a banana? It's amazing, right? And mm-hmm. uh, endurance athletes eat a lot of bananas. And I do know some people who just cringe at bananas. They don't like bananas at all. But that's how food is meant to be supported. Our bodies are brilliant. So... The first thing I think as a vegan athlete, or if this is something you're leaning into, is getting curious about belief systems that are fueling the way you eat now. So we have a protein obsession. We get way too much protein. I can tell you that in this decade of being vegan, one year in on no supplements and eating plant-based diet, we got blood work. And I I did have a little bit of a protein deficiency because when you first start, you're like, what do I eat? Salad? And so we weren't that good at it at the beginning. But our numbers are amazing. I've never had a protein issue since then at all. Um, There's protein in everything. Uh, When you eat a whole foods plant-based diet, you're eating – because I want to make that discernment. Just because you're vegan doesn't mean you're healthy. There's a lot of vegan junk food out there. 
processed foods are not foods. They're foods that are packaged and sold to you as food. It's not food. And so that's why I'm talking about the symphony of Mother mm -hmm. Nature. And that doesn't mean that I got a bag of kettle chips in my cabinet right now. <laughs> like that doesn't mean that those things don't enter the house, but they're not a staple. And I'm very mindful about when I bring them in and I don't funnel the bag. I, you know, will have one and I'll chew it and all that yeah. stuff. <laughs> but if you are eating a whole foods plant-based diet as an athlete, you are going to, I believe, because I've experienced it and every other vegan athlete I know has experienced it, or I should say plant-based athlete, is you're going to have quicker recovery because you're not putting inflammatory foods into your body. So I couldn't, that was the biggest bang that I got was coming off an Ironman and the next day, I remember doing my first Ironman as a plant-based athlete and the next day being like, did I not go hard enough? Like what, like what is going on? Like I can walk and I've got inflammation in my body. I'm not saying it's not, you do an Ironman, you do a 50 K. Yeah, you can have inflammation regardless. Yeah, you gotta so, have inflammation. Yeah, right, it's gonna happen. But you're setting yourself up for success and recovery is so fast. So by day two, you don't know that I just did a 14 hour race. And so it's just eating. To be a plant-based athlete, to be a vegan athlete, you're just eating food. And if you're somebody who eats meat or somebody who only eats a vegan diet, you can be unhealthy. It's If you want to be healthy, it's limiting the processed foods. It's eating more fruits and vegetables, legumes, nuts, and seeds. There is, you eat a lot. As athletes, we do eat a lot. But it's also knowing what, what works for you, right? So what works for you on the course? So a lot of plant-based athletes will just eat whole foods. I have found that gels work really well for me. So I do use gels. I use uh, Goo Energy, which has a lot of vegan products. I use liquid calories. But I would say the biggest thing that you would experience as a plant-based athlete is the recovery is amazing. And also I have... I get, you know, I get niggles and injuries here and there. I'll get mm -hmm. things that, you know, flare up in the body, but nothing like before I ate a plant-based diet. Yeah. Now, do you notice, um, do you notice any, any between now being a, a plant-based athlete or a vegan athlete to where you were before, do you notice anything that changed in your training, like, or your preparation moving into a, a race let's let's take it for your for your Ironman or even your ultra races like what was your you know from somebody who's a vegan athlete to somebody who's uh, a meat eater like is how is there a huge difference in the in the training aspect of, of those two types of athletes the only thing that changed for me is that I train more now because I'm not as injured. I don't have as much inflammation in the body and my digestion is really good because mm. I have a very high fiber diet. So there's no fiber in animal products. There's no fiber in meat. There's no fiber in turkey or chicken or eggs. There's no fiber. And so when we, the fiber is really, we want to replace this obsession with protein and let's start getting obsessed with fiber because 97% of people living in this country are fiber deficient. Protein is not on a list of nutrient, um, a nutrient of concern, but fiber is. And when we don't have enough fiber in our diets, we're compromising our 
the health of our bowels, of our digestion, which leads has been linked to colon cancer, has been linked to Im- chronic inflammation in the bowels, and also an unhealthy microbiome, which I know you had said you did a podcast on gut health. 70% of our immune system is in our gut. We are outnumbered 10 to 1 by these microbiome, these little bugs in our body that we're feeding them. So we can have French fry microbiome. I had a lot of cheese microbiome. That's why I thought I could never live without cheese. And now I've got broccoli microbiome and sauerkraut microbiome. And there's no, absolutely no deprivation eating as a plant-based diet. So there's nothing you need to do with your training. Just prepare to be able to train more because you're going to be, well, I shouldn't, I don't want to make that claim because for me, I train more because I'm less, less injured and I'm recovering better. That's my claim based on my experiment with living this way. And so I encourage people because everybody is a unique being in a unique body to go out there. I'm not making any claims or promises that you're going to experience what you're going to experience because what it's going to be, whatever you think it's going to be. We know the power of the mind, the power of thought, right? We become what we think. So if you're like, oh, I'm going to try it, but you're all begrudgingly and, you know, (laughs) then don't, you know, you're probably not going to have great success. But I was really open to it. And like I said, my goal from as long as I can remember is to really live in a state of optimal health. I'm going to be 50 next year. I don't feel 50. I don't feel like I look 50. Well, you definitely don't look 50. That's for sure. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) 50? 50? Like, how did I get to be 50? I feel better than I did when I was 25. I look better than I did when I was 25. My weight, I don't ever have to worry about race weight or weight fluctuating. I just eat in my body like I'm going to do a 30K trail race this weekend and I can feel like, oh my God, I'm at race weight. I feel super light. I feel really good and not much has changed. I just support a healthy environment in my body for it to you to work its magic. These bodies are like miraculous. We don't give them enough credit and we treat them yeah. like crap and we don't like the way they look. And so it's really full spectrum, but nothing needs to change. Just, I think, be prepared for uh, perhaps maybe you feel better. You know, one of the things that I've, I've heard in conversation when it comes to uh, vegan diet is the vegan diet is very colorful, right? Because of all the, you know, your different types of vegetables. So you the, you, you want your diet to be colorful is really what that's, that's one of the things that I took out of the, uh, out of like another conversation I had is and you look at it and I, for me personally, like it sucks. Like now that I admit this and I'm sitting here thinking about it, like my diet is not very colorful at all. It's, <laughs> it's limited to a couple of greens, maybe a couple of reds, you know, and it's, like I don't, I definitely don't personally eat enough vegetables and get a lot of that. So that's one thing that I've been trying to do over the last couple of weeks is make that diet a little bit more colorful. And that's kind of one of the things that you, as you mentioned, is you, you get the different types of microbiome and, and it just kind of develops into something different. So going back to like your, you know, we, you mentioned protein deficiencies or nutrient deficiencies when it comes to a vegan athlete and, and living plant-based, like what are some of the proteins that, that athletes can look at to help them out and get to get those, 
the right proteins in or the the right amount of proteins. One of the coolest things about our bodies um, is that they will take what you put in there and they'll make the best of it. So there's incomplete proteins and there's complete proteins, right? So people are like, oh, we got to, if I'm eating plant-based, I got to make a complete protein because meat is a complete protein and then that's going to have all the building blocks and blah, blah, blah. But what we don't realize, and actually I got this from uh, Michelle Mackin, who is Mackin? Michelle Mackin, I'm pretty sure. She's a medical doctor, plant-based doctor. And I will never forget this because I heard it right when I was beginning to be vegan and I was like, oh, like wipe the sweat off my brow, right? Because it's scary. I'm like, I was training for an Ironman. Like, oh my God, am I going to get what I need? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, just trust, like follow, follow your gut, follow your heart, like have an experiment. You're going to be fine. That our body, if we eat incomplete proteins, our body will store those proteins and then it will say, oh, okay, whoa, she just put in that last piece that's going to bring it all together. And then it takes all the incomplete proteins and it makes them a complete protein once you oh. bring all of that into your body. Okay. Super cool, right? The other thing is that everything has protein in it. Spinach has protein in it. Almonds have protein in it. Um, cabbage has protein in it. Beans, big bang for your buck there. Beans have protein in it. You know, there's a lot of foods, calorically dense foods, protein rich foods like nuts are big calorically dense food because they have a lot of fat in it. Now, spinach is one of the foods that has a huge amount of protein based in a ratio to its caloric, to the caloric intake of spinach. So there's higher protein foods, but you have to eat a lot of them. So you can make yourself crazy, right? Mm -hmm. What you want to do, this is how I approach it. I monitor my digestion right? Because I can put together this perfect protein rich pile of greens and beans and all that stuff. But if I'm not chewing my food, if I'm not putting my fork down in between, if I'm not allowing for the primary part of digestion, which happens in the mouth by using all of my teeth to chew, I might be getting an eighth of the nutrients of that perfect plate of food. So I monitor my digestion. How am I digesting food? Am I full? You want to stop eating at about 75% full. When we're not digesting well, the food will have undigested food in our body. It begins to rot. And when we have rotted food in our body, it releases toxins. And that creates toxins in our system, which is the base layer for disease. So you want to bring mindfulness and you want to chew your food. Isn't it so funny? Like at 49 years old, I'm like this morning eating granola before I went on the trail. And I was like, chew your food. Like don't pick up the phone. Don't be in a conversation chew your food. So your digestion is your rest and digest nervous system. If we're, and we are as athletes eating on the run all the time, I'm throwing down 250, 300 calories an hour. I'm stressing my body. That is not ideal. So when I'm not on the trail or I'm not on the bike or I'm not in the pool in the morning time, I'll sit outside and I just have my food because I want to get the biggest bang for my buck. So nuts and beans, hemp seeds, um, greens, um, tempeh. So I do eat tempeh. I eat tofu probably even more. And people will say, well, well, that's this or that. And I've seen this or that about it causes cancer and everything. And actually, if you look at it 
cultures that eat high levels of soy protein, they actually have lower rates of cancer. So you can find any research study you want to really reinforce your beliefs. And so I say the best thing to do is use yourself as the experiment and pay attention. You know, if you're constipated, that is a sign from your body that you are not digesting food and there's a problem there. If you have got rampant diarrhea, there's some kind of inflammation (laughs) going on in there. It's really important, right? Yeah, You've got problems out there. (laughs) It's like crazy then. (laughs) So your body is always going to tell you what it needs. Um, And so it's really creating this body awareness, but you don't, there's nothing to worry about with protein. If you're eating the symphony colors, if your plate is beige, start again. Um, The other thing I say is don't, don't get rid of anything. Like if you just said, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and do this. So like you're saying you're trying to eat more vegetables. Awesome. Don't get rid of the meat. Don't get rid of the dairy. Don't get rid of any of that right now. Just start crowding it out. Mm-hmm. So when we eat high fiber foods like fruits and vegetables, we'll be full faster. So because of the fiber, because fiber mixed with water creates a feeling of being full. So when we don't have, and I remember this, like when I would eat McDonald's cheeseburgers, like back in the day, I remember I'd be like, I need like another because I wasn't full. It's because nothing had fiber in it. So it was just sitting like a log in my body. And I didn't realize at the time that food's not supposed to make you feel tired or like that you have to take your pants off. (laughs) Food is fuel so that you can do your work in the world or you can, you know, crush the race. And so, um, yeah, there is protein in everything. And so you can just let go of that old protein thing. We get way too much and it's actually making us sick. Yeah. Do you, um, so from the, from let's, let's take like your nuts and all that stuff. Like I always get worried because you can only, you should only eat so much of the, let's just call it almonds right now, mm. right? Um, do you ever get worried about, or, or any any athlete that you talk with, do you ever worry about like an overconsumption of a specific food? Like like you can, I, like I can sit there and eat almonds all day long, but, and it's great for me to a certain extent, right? Like you were saying, like, like what's the concern of overeating some of these small things? I mean, does that- yeah. Eating too many almonds will give you nut gut. It's like the worst, right? And it's like bloating and you're like, it's so painful. And you're like, well, I thought almonds were supposed to be healthy. Yeah. Almonds, excuse me, almonds are calorically dense. They have a lot of fat in them. And again, if we're not chewing them, like I've put five in at once, you know, I'm not chewing that. Now my body's like got rocks that it's trying to, you know, digest. So yeah. I tell people to go easy, especially on the beans, because people go, oh, well, beans are a big bang of protein. So then they eat all these beans and they completely have upheaval in their gut. So sometimes we need to feel a little worse until we feel better. (laughs) And um, having digestive issues, funny enough, having digestive issues as your body's going through that change to be able to accept more fiber, that's really common. So I do people, I do tell people to be very mindful about the nuts, chew the nuts, like chew the food, the beans, 
you know, back off of the beans. If you're finding you're really bloated or gassy, like back off of that stuff. Some things just don't work for people's constitutions. And that's another thing. What's your constitution? I have a very strong digestive fire. My husband does not. There's foods that I can eat. Like I could probably eat a truck tire and be fine, but he, (laughs) you know, he cannot do those things. And it's really, it's tied into our personalities. Like I have a lot of fire in my personality. I have a lot of digestive fire. And so understanding how your body works, but yeah, be careful of those things that are really dense because if you have too much of them, yeah, you'll get your, you'll create havoc in your stomach, a battlefield, really a battlefield. So food combining is an important thing to think about too. Food combining is such a game changer. If you think about food combining, like if I'm going to put in, um, nuts, right? No, if I'm going to eat spinach, like let's say I eat a big pile of spinach, spinach is going to digest really quick. It's got a lot of water content in it. It's not so dense. The body's going to be like, that's going to be easy peasy. Now I'm going to throw in a bunch of nuts, right? And I'm not going to chew them really well. And now my body is like, oh, hold on a second. Everything was going great. We had the spinach and now you've got the nuts. And then I'm going to throw in some processed foods, right? I'm going to have some chips. Now I've got all like way overload of fat and you create a battlefield in your stomach. And what's happening is you're not digesting. So you might think that you've got this perfect, this is why I don't count macros, micros, cal. I never count any of that stuff because you can say that I have 450 perfect calories on this plate. But if we're not digesting it, you might be getting 125 calories. That's why it's so important to understand your body. Yeah. Like deep in that relationship, it's going to tell you exactly what you need to know. And nobody wants to hear that. They just say, give me the meal plan. Tell me what to do. And nobody wants to hear what I'm I'm saying. But it's so (laughs) empowering. It's so empowering to be an active participant in your health. Yeah. I, you know, we talk about food combining. (laughs) When we talk about food combining, um, are, is, are you talking kind of, cause I, I love it when you get a plate of food and you just mix everything together. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of one of those people like mash it all together, throw it all together. Um, do you feel it's a little bit, that's probably not the way to do it or it's, you know, keep, be one of those people that keeps everything separate on their plate and eat it, no, eat, it, eat it as combined food that way versus mash it all together. Like <laughs> it's, um, it's basically what you're, what you're layering into your gut. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you mix it all together. I like to do that too. Like I like to like nuts and oh, yeah. veggies I, and rice and sauce, yeah. like throw it mix all together. It all together totally. <laughs> um, so whether you mix it all together or you keep it separate on your plate, it doesn't matter. It's um, just the type of foods that you're combining. Yeah. Really the types of food. So like greens and grains, greens and grains can create a battlefield in the belly. So you would want to put the grains in first let the body start getting at that because that's going to break down. Grains are very sweet. They're going to have a lot of sugar in them, a lot of carbs in them. And then you would put the spinach on top because all the hard work's getting done. And then the spinach is just like easy topper. But if you do the, the greens first and then the grains, and really what I'm speaking to is somebody who's noticing like, oh my God, like I'm listening to what she's saying and I've got battlefields in my stomach. Like I might not be digesting. Maybe that's why I feel crappy. Maybe that's why the inflammation in my knee hasn't gone down because I'm not getting the nutrients from the food that I'm eating. So I'm really talking to people who, you know, 
maybe are noticing that they've got some digestive issues or they get bloated a lot. This stuff is not, it's common, but it's not normal. Like you don't have to have that. Your, your body's always organizing towards health. Are you helping yeah. it or not helping it? Yep. So food combining, if you are having digestive issues, food combining is a great thing to look at. Um, another area that you can make yourself absolutely crazy by looking online. Um, a super solution is mono eating. Like for breakfast, just have bananas. Okay. For lunch, have a bowl of rice. Like it's kind of like that stripping away and see how your body does. Like maybe grains, maybe buckwheat doesn't work for you, but it works really well for me. So you mentioned the grains. So that brings me to my next question as far as like the carbohydrate intake, right? Like what is it when it comes to, you know, you're eating a, eating some kind of sandwich or you got some breads. Is that how does how do the how does the carbohydrate factor into the vegan diet? Yeah, it's, t- it's typically it tends to be a high carbohydrate diet. Um, grains work really well for me and my body, so I eat a lot of grains. Like they, I eat a lot of basmati rice. Um, I eat a lot of um, farro. Uh, I love like Dave's seed bread. But yeah, it tends to be uh, a carbohydrate heavy body uh, heavy diet, and. You know, the brain's number one fuel is carbohydrates. So why would we ever limit that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand why we would ever limit that. You don't have to go overboard. You know, us athletes, we're so awesome. We're like all or nothing. So we're going to go like full boat into like food combining or we're going to go <laughs> full boat into like no carbs. Carbs are not. Carbs I've never understood the, that. Yeah. Carbs are not the enemy. And so, uh, yeah, we have, I have grains and like, what did we have last night? Oh, last night for dinner, I made basmati rice. Pota- so fingerling potatoes, kale, um, cabbage and uh, butternut squash in a curry simmer sauce with a little bit of uh, cashews on top. Now, in the past, I probably put a, would have put like a half a cup of cashews in my meal, but now I maybe put like eight, you know, and I'm like, ugh. But then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to celebrate those eight cashews because I know that a half a cup does not serve me. <laughs> So we had a pretty carb-heavy diet. Potatoes, like perfect food. Potatoes are amazing. Yeah. Um, Starches are so good for you. I mean, this is all, like I said, this has all been unbelievable information as far as somebody who doesn't know much about the vegan diet because I've definitely taken some of the stuff that you've said here today. So let's look at that perspective. I'm an athlete. I'm a meat eater, but I'm considering going to the vegan dietary um, mentality, like what would be some of your tips or strategies, you know, for, for that athlete that's, that's leaning into it and wanting to do that? Like, what would be, what would be the first few things that they would want to look at and, and decide or define for themselves? Yeah. The first thing is crowd out, start to crowd out those meats. And as opposed to those being the main event, let them be the condiment on your plate over time. Right. So you you can see my shirt, maybe it says a little bit every day over a long period of time. Again, not the answer people want. They want the seven minute abs. They want the diet pill, you know. (laughs) um, So, yeah, just start crowding out. Deprivation does not work. It doesn't work. Start crowding things out on your plate, adding more fruits and vegetables and and variety. Right. So berries, apples, bananas and see what works for you. Your body might not like bananas. Your body might not like blueberries. So notice how you feel, 
how do you feel? This is such a big piece. Your body's giving you that feedback. So the first thing is like, don't, don't deprive yourself. Just start crowding out the meat on your plate, adding in more vegetables. And again, you're going to be upping your fiber through the roof, even by doing a little bit every day over a long period of time. Mm. And so watch the digestion back off, be kind to yourself. Um, and then one of the ways that I, you know, somebody who is, and I totally get it, I was there too. I was petrified this first year of being um, plant-based was not getting enough protein. So like I'm drinking this green smoothie right now, which is so delicious. I've got pineapple, oat milk, mango, chia seeds, flax meal, little turmeric, and some black pepper, which activates the anti-inflammatory properties in turmeric. And, um, and then I have two scoops of of a plant-based protein powder, which will give me 21 grams of protein, which is amazing. Oh. That's like three quarters of what I need in a day. So green smoothies are amazing and they can taste really, really good. Um, I do have a cookbook called the Yogi Triathlete Cookbook, High Vibe Recipes for the Athlete Appetite. Meat eaters love this cookbook. I also have a pizza cookbook, High Vibe Pie. Um, oh, now you're speaking my language. All right. <laughs> oh my God, we love pizza. <laughs> and, um, and in the Yogi Triathlete Cookbook, Book, there's four chapters that really kind of give you, and it's not overwhelming. It just gives you like the basics, the permission, you know, like it's all right, like just relax. You know, your body is amazing and it's going to organize towards health. If you're a little deficient, you're going to be fine. <laughs> You'll figure it out along the way. So just don't get too obsessed about it. But yeah, recover after your workouts. You know, I love a green smoothie. I just got off the trail before this podcast. So I love a green smoothie. And look at the colors on your plate. More colors, more variety. Let's see, what else? Yeah, and track that digestion. That's super important. It's really not that, you know, I'm searching for more information right now because I want to like just give people everything they need. But the thing is, this is not complicated. We make it super complicated by yeah. re reducing nutrition to a bunch of numbers. And honestly, if you're not chewing your food, you're not getting what you think you're getting. Yeah. You know, I, that's one of the things that uh, I, I hate doing. I hate looking at how many grams of something I'm putting into or how many calories this is or whatever. It's kind of one of those things that just take if, if we're if I'm trying to do something that's a little bit healthier and that's kind of the, the program or whatever, it's like, you know what, I'm I get tired after the first day of trying to track this stuff. And it's for me, it's like, OK, just just knowing that I need to eat some better foods in my in my meals versus always trying to track something um my big thing is i had to take away pork out of my diet like you know we're talking about how, how everything digests and pork just i realized after 45 years that <laughs> pork was not digesting in my system correctly so i completely wiped that out of my out of my diet and it's much better now as far as the way i you know, I, I eat, I still am meat eater and I still eat beef and stuff, but I get, just eliminating that pork for one is like one big step for me as far as my digestion goes. Yeah, that's brilliant. But yeah, I I, uh, I love it, Jess, and I, I appreciate you coming on and, and talking about what it is to be a vegan athlete. I think that's one thing. It's I, I love being able to put the information out there, right? And if if any if nothing else, if you just take away just like a little, like as you said, a little bit every single day right? Makes, makes a huge difference. So um, if nothing else, if you just kind of change a little one little thing here and there to kind of go towards a healthier lifestyle, then, then great. You're, you're making progress. So I, I appreciate you coming on and, and talking to, to me today and, and to our listeners about 
about uh, what it means to be a vegan athlete. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. And I just want to say that if anybody is curious, like if there was something that really hit them or maybe even something that like really aggravated them, I'm totally open to hopping on a call, no charge. Um, I just want to offer that to people if this is something that you're curious about. I This is, food is a huge love of my life. It is uh, my life's work. I've had uh, very... Um, very troublesome relationships with food in the past and I'm on the other side of those things and um, so I have a lot of compassion and I understand that for some people like having those numbers and that data and the info like that really works really well for mm -hmm. their mind and I support that and like somebody like you like I don't find joy in it then don't do it right so I just want to put that out there that I'm a resource um, and I am happy to talk with anybody who's interested in just having a chat about maybe how they can uh, up their level of health because, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're vibrant beings. We're here to live a joyful, healthy life. Yep. And, uh, there's a lot of stress in the world that really affects our health. Yeah. And I'll, for anybody listening in and who is interested in reaching out to Jess, I will make sure to put, uh, some contact information in the show notes so you can, uh, find where she's at online, uh, on social media, uh, email, but we'll we'll make sure that those notes go into the into into the podcast notes for you. So um, anyway, Jess, thanks again. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Jeff. All right, thanks for listening in on another episode of the Trail Life Podcast. That was my special guest today, the yogi triathlete, Jess Gumkowski, as we talked about what it means to be a vegan athlete, the benefits, the food prep, everything. And, and for me personally, I took a lot out of that conversation and, and know full well that I personally need to change a little bit of my my diet to help me out from a recovery standpoint and performance standpoint. So not that I'm going to turn vegan right away, <laughs> but uh, I definitely know that I, as a meat eater, I need to cut back and make my my diet and my my meals a little bit more colorful, as we said. So I hope that translates over to the listener. I hope you guys got a little bit out of that conversation. And if you do have any questions, comments, concerns, uh, please feel free to reach out to, to Jess herself directly. As she said, she can be reached online uh, through Instagram or, or any social media at Yogi Triathlete or at Jess Gumkowski. I will put those in the show notes for everybody so you have that written down. But yeah, that's it, guys. I appreciate the uh, listening in today and we'll see you out on the trails real soon. The music for this podcast was provided by the Poor Dirty Astronauts with lyrics written by Matt Meyer. Matt Meyer.